0: Welcome to your typical Shonen protagonist. He's Kai, I'm Kels, and today we're talking about Foolie Cooley. First off, Kai, how you doing?
1: I'm doing good, man. Uh, finally tackling one of our, I feel like, one of the goats that we've both unanimously agreed is one of the founding members of our love of anime, I guess you could say.
0: Yeah, I would say that in my time watching anime on, like, Adult Swim, Fully Cooley is one of those shows that has just stuck with me so incredibly hard because of everything about it.
1: Yeah, that's a hundred percent true. And we're gonna be honest, you're you're kind of a Guy fanboy, which is nothing to matter with that. Like,
0: yeah, partly because of Fully Cooley.
1: <laughs> yeah, like Fully Cooley Evangelion. Um, I know they did other stuff, but it escapes me at the moment. So. Um, Gurren Logan? Yeah, Gurren Logan. Yeah, Gurren Logan was a big project. Yeah, that was actually the last one I did. That that fucked me up. You actually got me put on that one, which I watched it, and it was a whole ride. But that's that's a story for another cast.
0: Yeah, man. But but fully Coolie is this six episode kind of mini anime that features the pillows for the soundtrack and a story that is simply small town crazy shit happens and it was an opportunity for the animators and production crew from the long-dead king of giant robots to work on.
1: Yes. So, it, yeah, and it was always, like, it was cool because it was also, you know, very concise. It was six episodes. Um, and it was just, it was sporadic. It was kind of, I felt like it was a foil to Evangelion in a way. Um, cause Evangelion was something that was very thought provoking. You had to think about and fully Coolie was kind of at that same grandeur, but also something you could just zone out to and not think about.
0: Yeah. Like it was lunacy and crazy. And Hey, by the way, it's all fun. It's supposed to be fun and not, you know, thought provoking and is humanity right or wrong for what they're doing? And, You know,
1: all of that. Yeah, 100%. So it's very, very, a very interesting take on all of that. And also, I felt like it deals with the very deeper things of, like, relationships, like toxic and other type of relationships, like, which I didn't really realize until this rewatch of me being older, seeing this uh, for this podcast of saying, oh, okay, this is... This is a, like, basically master class on all the different types of toxic relationships.
0: Yeah, like, no one is okay.
1: Yeah. Which kind is, of
0: everyone gets to that point, but no one in this show is really okay. Or no one that really deals with uh, Naoto.
1: Yeah, 100%. So, but, yeah. Um, production IG and... Gynax, which is both of well Gynax is a subsidiary of production IG because Gynax broke up. And then you got Production IG, Studio Trigger, um, and another studio who's I always forget, um, but they know who they are. So Yeah, and like I feel like those for the longest time were the top of the game, if I could say, like, uh, subsidiaries of Gainax yeah like they really just kind of put out like production IG is still doing great Studio Trigger was the first studio to like crowdfund a like anime I think that's what they're doing with this SS Dai Garn- Gridman or something Die Genshin or something that's um, aired last season or is still airing I believe so that's a thing Um, they also... The other subsidiary studio that Gainax broke into was Tatsukuno Production. Um, yeah. They did... They did a lot of the, um... Like, what is it called? They did a lot of weird, like, off-brand stuff. Like, Speed Racer. Um, really just Speed Racer, it looks like. But yeah.
0: Uh... Gainax breaking up into a bunch of other studios and not really breaking up, but each of the, you know, animators or animation teams and directors going off and forming their own studios, bringing all of the experience from Gainax and the team from Gainax, but none of the stuff that made Gainax fail.
1: Yeah. Which was crazy that like Gainax even felt, because when you look at their resume, And you're like, did Guy fail? Because, like I said, I just want to take a quick look at the things that they have done. They did, um, of course, Panty and Stocking with Garda Belt, which was I really enjoyed. They did Fully Cooly, which we're talking about right now, and uh, Gernlagen and the Co, uh, of course, the Goat, Neon Genesis Evangelion. So. I'm just like when you look at that you're like did they fail though?
0: Well, all of their their productions, movies, original video animations, animes, all of them are goats. However, as a company, something went south and Gainax as a company failed. That's fair. Their products were great. However, I haven't looked too deep into like the success of the other shows. True. Which really are important because you can't just continue to be a studio if you make fully Cooly and even in like five, six years before that, and Logan eight years after that, you know, it you have to continue to put stuff out
1: and it be successful. True. No, you're right, you're right, you're right. Um but I did want to say like Studio Gynax they did the art on Fully Coolie, like, just like even the promotional art was crazy. Like, I really liked the colors that they used and the wide concept of, like, just Fully Coolie in general. Like, the mechs or robots, you could say, the best foot, the best foot the color schemes for the outfits, just the type of animation. I really liked the whole design and overall aesthetic of Fully Coolie.
0: Yeah, man. You know, having the A-team on a project like this is so great. So, Coolie is really a coming-of-age story focused around uh, Naoto, a 12-year-old kid in middle school with a widowed dad and a grandpa, and then, of course, life goes crazy. So, he's got a brother who is a big baseball player in America now, and, of course, his Japanese girlfriend he left behind... Can't get over that. So she's taken up Naoto uh Naota as a plaything. Yeah, and something she's to taken up void. smoking, yeah. That's a that's a big thing in Asian countries. Yeah. Is just cigarette smoking. Hmm. I mean, uh they actually censored out um Jotaro smoking in um David Productions. Hmm part three of JoJo's just because they didn't want to promote teenage smoking. But yeah, that's a thing. Hmm. Well, damn, but that plays into her character too with episode two. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so we have this basic setup of this sleepy little town and nothing crazy happens until crazy stuff happens. Like we get our space alien of Haruko.
1: Yeah. And Haruko is just, just a whole like, for lack of a better word, knock to the head of Nocto like day to day world. Um she's a part of the Space Galactic Force, I think it's called Galactic Space Force. Um and she's here to hunt down this <laughs> the Pirate King. Um yeah, in case you didn't know, Fully Coolie is actually the original quest for the Pirate King. Um yeah, so that's a thing. But Except space instead of the sea. Yeah. And there's no devil fruit, just crazy mechas and enchanted guitars and vespas. But Yeah man. Yeah. And Haruko is the agent in charge of coming to Earth to find um this Pirate King. And she meets um Nato or Nato by basically just assaulting him with her Vespa. And then she one thing assumes as another and she hits him inside the head with her base, and his head becomes he Rickin' It's very
0: important here it's a Rickenbacker 4001 yes don't forget it so if so if there's one thing that I can really appreciate is people's love for specific things like girls and Panzer's love of tanks or Foolie Cooley's love
1: of like vintage guitars no like hundred percent like the attention to detail on that type of guitar and or bass and just the whole Vespa as well. It's really clean. Like the attention to detail in Fully Coolie should not at all be like a passing
0: glance. Yes, it there is so much detail in this show that it is great. So we've got our setup and we go on crazy adventures as things sort of come out of Naoto's head.
1: Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. Like it's just like a whole portal to a different world, I guess you can say. Um, and these things just kind of climb out of this dude's forehead. The first thing we're introduced is, Canty, um, I believe, is the first thing that comes out. Um, oh yeah, Conti. Yeah, the Conti.
0: Robot TV guy.
1: Yeah, um, who was like an iconic staple of Fully Coolly as well. He just kind of, like, reaches a hand out of there and pops up, and it's just, like, what is happening? Um, And he also... I love... Go ahead. I love that he comes out
0: of Naoto's head, like, mid-fight with something else.
1: Yeah. Like, and he just... It's really cool, as well, how... Because you see him, like, with a few different looks, I believe. He, he's got, like, the original, like, kind of, like, junkyard look, and then as the series progresses, he gets, like... His, like, cool red look, which might him just, it might be him shedding armor, I guess, maybe.
0: Oh. Well, no, so what happens is he comes out red, and I think it's all has to do with him and, like, connecting with Adamusk or something. Yeah. But when he gets domed at the very beginning by uh, Haruko, it's like, oh, she broke the backside of his television head, and now he turned blue. Okay, yeah, yeah. And like throughout the show we see him piecing back bits and pieces together of like his head casing and so he just gets like a cardboard box to make him feel complete.
1: Yeah. What
0: what a what a story arc.
1: Yeah, no. 100% like and it's weird because it seems like so much happens in these 6 episodes that it's crazy. Like I feel like these 6 episodes can pack more than definitely more than the 12 episode season, but some even 24 seasons, I feel like Fully Cooly packs more in, in the six episodes. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm sitting here watching Metabots right now,
0: uh, heaven forbid. Yeah. And I'm like, more happened in six episodes than I have watched in 52 episodes of Metabots.
1: Yeah, the same thing with Blade Court. Blade, bro. Blade Blade had like freaking three 52 episode seasons. That's 100 and like... 50 something yeah for sure Uh, 156 episodes of just you know not having as much as fully fully did (laughs) six
0: and i mean you know the audience is different the reason behind producing a show is different but still like story-based shows shows that aren't made to sell toys and you know sucker kids to buy them still don't have you know sometimes this precision in telling a story and showing a story so much because you have so much going on in these six episodes like each episode is like 24 minutes but you have visual setup about what's going on you have the arc to completion about this episode's problem And it still leaves you wondering kind of what's going on with all of this anyways. Like, yeah, all while having fun, like this entire show is just for the production team to have fun working. They do so many different audio gags. They have different writing gags. They have different animation style gags.
1: Yeah, there's but a bunch of different tropes as well. Like it just you fit like there's even like a giant mecha robot fighting.
0: There is a giant mecha robot f- b- b- fight in episode. What was it? Episode five. Yeah. A uh, brittle bullet. They have a callback to when Haruko's in her bunny suit, flying on her guitar or flying on her bass, and that's a callback to like the oh like very original Gynax animation that you cannot witness. Anymore, because the tape does not exist. Yeah, but some bunny girl fighting a giant robot. Oh, that's a callback to the way Gynex does their thing forever.
1: No, like a hundred percent. Like Fully Cooly is a gym. The characters are a gym as well, and especially Nakto. Nacto. Oh my god, Nato, N- Naoto Naoto Um, I feel like he is such a parallel to Shinji. But in the aspect of, like, Shinji... Because I feel like the relationships both happen the, kind of the same way. Um, Haruko really just kind of uses him for the ability that he has. And Manami just uses him to fill a void of, you know... His older brother, who's not there, kind of shapes him to be whatever she wants him to be. And, you know, at the same time, Nato is using these people as well. So it's kind of just an interesting, like, play. It just kind of reminds me of the whole Shinji character in Evangelion as well. Like, except a lot less, like, disturbed, I guess. Yeah, yeah, kind
0: of. um, It is the coming-of-age story, but not in Shinji's world of having the world's worst dad and also having to, you know, fight giant robots and the world coming to an end and being your problem on figuring out what to do with that. Yes. Uh, But certainly in, in Naoto's small little world, like, yeah, all of this are very real and large problems. And it's fun to see him go through the struggle of being put in these situations and seeing the decisions he makes and watching him grow and having him swing the bat.
1: Yes. Swing the bat, Naoto. NATO? Oh my god. NATO. We'll do this later. I don't know why I can't that remember this ep-
0: That episode. Episode 4. Yeah.
1: Um, where
0: it's all about Naoto cannot swing the bat. He just doesn't do it. And the whole episode relying on him swinging the bat to save the day. We watch Mamimi see him do it. See him save the day and go, oh, he's finally swung the bat. And get, like, mad, disappointed, depressed about the fact that Naoto is changing. Naoto is growing up. And it's like, oh, my God. But Mimi, I don't know what's happened to you, because we only have six episodes. Yeah. But you're not okay, and it's not okay what you've been doing to this 12-year-old kid.
1: True. But, like, I want you to be okay, too. Yes. Everybody deserves to be okay. At least into... And that's why I kind of like Eerie. Like, she's she was the character who was like, I'm going to be okay. Like, I feel like she was the only one we got to see be okay. If that makes sense. Um, yeah. Like, we got to see her go through her own problems and
0: come out the other side and be better for it.
1: Yeah. And I guess no one really did what they did with malicious intent. But I feel like Eerie's was the most, I want to say, pure, almost. Um, because, you know, she, unlike, you know, Haruko and Minami, is also 12, like, not to. Like, she's not 17. She's not an older space alien chick who's doing space alien stuff. It's like, they're both kids trying to figure it out. And I feel like they take the steps to figure it out. And it's left really open-ended, so we don't know, like, anything. I don't even feel like the show was about relationships or, like meant to be about relationships, but, like, whether it's friendship or whatever, Naoto and Erie are the two left together to have that friendship or whatever, which I feel like is a really good thing. And Minami goes to live her dreams of being a photographer, I think, or something. Like, she alludes to that. And Haruka was like, I'm gonna go find the space pirate since you messed up, but I guess you can keep my base.
0: Man, I'm mad, I'm mad she took the double-necked guitar that he came out with in that final episode
1: yeah she kind of ho him i'm not gonna lie like but
0: i mean whatever the having the rickenbacker is nice too yeah yeah um, so let's talk about the runtime and the animation quality yeah we've, we've kind of touched on this before but it's six episodes long which is incredibly short
1: yeah i don't think i've ever i think this is the only six episode anime i've watched honestly
0: yeah that is like full length 24 and a half minute episodes cause you know there's some mini series that are just like 4 or 5 minute episodes and here's 4 of them and have fun yeah but like this is the first like super short show that tells a real story that I ever recall seeing
1: no 100% like I don't like and that's another thing the fact that it told the story so so quick and so well is also another old and the fact that the story is held the test of time, this came out in 2003 in America, um, I believe. Um, yeah, yeah, it aired on Adult
0: Swim in 2003.
1: Yeah, and, like, it's been almost 20 years, actually. Uh, a few short 18 years since this aired, and as I was re-watching it, honestly, the only thing that really dates it is the aspect ratio and the fact that, like, yeah, it's, like, that's all, really. Like, because the animation style isn't bad, um, the concept still holds true to today. Uh, the voice acting is still superb, almost better than I would say nowadays is in terms of the dub, at least. Um, it, it totally depends on the show, but no, they brought the,
0: like the 2003 all-star team to this show to, to, for the, for the dub. Now it is in four by three, but in 2000 when they were animating this, that was the standard. Yeah, but watching it on Adult Swim, which you can go do today, you can go to Adult Swim and watch all six episodes of the original Foolie Coolie right now for free. And th- like the quality, you can go watch it is amazing. You don't you don't really deal with any of that. Oh, we only taped it on VHS and this is the best quality we can get. No, it is it is incredibly pristine for what it is. Um now, talking about the localization, right? They've got the A-team in terms of the voice actors. But also, there is something that this show does. So when it's written in, back in Japanese, they make incredibly like culturally specific references to Japanese things. And the translation was difficult. Right? Because you can't just sit here and go, oh, this is this. Because no one over here is going to understand it. Right? Yeah. So the local localization director and script writer, uh, Mark Handler, uh, said that this was the hardest part. All of the in-jokes and obscure pop culture references had to be decoded and transferred to an English audience. The example uh, here is um, in Japanese... They call that expired drink that no one, you know, has seen anymore,
1: um, Cheerio. But in the
0: English release it's Crystal Pepsi. Hmm.
1: Yeah, which is which is wild because that was totally with the times of Crystal Pepsi, so definitely wild. But of
0: course the uh director, uh Kazuya uh Sukaraki, I'm gonna get that right one day. Um Respond to the criticism about Foolie Coolie stating that comprehension should not be an important part of Foolie Coolie, which I appreciate.
1: Yeah. I think he also said something in an interview once about like just this is supposed to be like stupid. You're not you're supposed to turn your brain off and watch this. Yeah. Like, do not decode this. There's
0: nothing to decode.
1: Yeah. It is a fun time for us.
0: So that's what it should be.
1: Yeah. Which, you know, the fun time, like is so enhanced so much by the music of Fully Cooly, which still has like some of the best music of anything I've ever watched. And that's the pillows. Like the pillows did an astounding job, like scoring this and well, maybe not scoring, but you know, making the music for this. Like they made the music just yeah. for Fully Cooly right here. And it was, it still is like a incredible vibe. If you love like rock and roll or anything of that aspect, it's, whole a whole vibe to say the least
0: this soundtrack is really what made me fall in love with j-rock like we've got you know all of the other show intros and it's all like 80s city pop and whatnot and it's all wonderful but like to hear a soundtrack that is not 80s city pop not all synthy not all bright and sweet but it's like grungy garage band making noise and having fun. But, like, in Japan.
1: Yeah, now, Ride on a Shooting Star is still in my playlist, like, in 2021. And, um,
0: Little Busters?
1: Yes. And Hybrid Rainbow? Yes, all vibes. All vibes. Like, um... I just, I love, like, the guitar. Um, is it a riff? Like, in... Like, it just, yeah, like, just basically the guitar riffs throughout that. It's just so, like, all their songs are just so, like you said, J-Rock heavy. And it's just, it's like I'm listening to Japanese Nirvana, if that makes sense. Like, it's just so enthralling and cathartic when I listen to The Pillows. Like, it just, it just takes me back in time, almost, in a time machine.
0: But the sound mixing of the anime uses, like, parts of these songs so yeah. incredibly well to set the scene like they will switch between like they will get you with the intro of one song it switch to the hook of the next because that's what the scene demands and i'm like whoa that's crazy i'm as a weeb disappointed i didn't get the hook yeah. from the first song but my god that switch bit right there i am suddenly feeling something different and it works and i'm like how can i do this
1: and i'm not gonna lie like i honestly feel like um writing on the shooting star like influenced the og naruto um in outro i just i uh i wish i had then looked up the name of it but it's like um i have to like look it up and, like, post it on our Twitter or something like that because it's just, like, has such a... um, such a profound, like, resemblance to that, like, with the same guitar wrist and, like, kind of the same, like, vocal range in it. Is it Wind by Akeboshi? It might be. It's, like... Um, the
0: Japanese intro and not the American intro?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I think it is Wind, actually. It's the one where it's, like... Um. Yeah, no, it is Wind. It that is the one I'm thinking about like we'll have to listen to it after this, but yeah. I am I feel like you're totally spot on um
0: with that kind of vibe. But like Naruto used a lot of J-Rock in their stuff too. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but um So
0: like the fact that they took the time and and used this music so incredibly well. Like you got a real professional rock band producing a soundtrack for a real excellent production like i cannot imagine fully Coolie without the pillows
1: yeah no 100
0: um in the same way that i couldn't imagine fully Coolie without Gynax and production ig like it's a culmination of all of these incredible professionals like investing in a passion project
1: yes and I realized which intro it was it was an intro, not a outro. It's the one that starts with a guitar riff as well, like a guitar walk up. And it's called Shishun Ku su Ku. It's the fifth opening of the OG Naruto. It's the one where they're like running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like you just hear that beginning and it just makes me think of that Fully cool intro. I'm just like, okay, yeah. And it's got that like guitar in like the same vocal range. I'm like, okay i feel like that's very man. pillows inspired.
0: If not pillows inspired, at least like another example of the wonders of j rock.
1: Yes. J rock forever man. Like we might have to do a whole podcast on j rock one day. Let us know if you want to <laughs> we go- hear a podcast like that. We're going to do it anyway. We but- were going we were going down the rabbit hole of k pop
0: uh one of these days and like we were we were listening to b uh bts and we pulled up um G Dragon, which was fun. Yeah. Uh, and then we wound up realizing that Uberworld is not K- uh, J pop, but it's J Rock.
1: Yeah. Which was an important revelation. Yeah, Uberworld is also the sauce. Like we're like I said, we're gonna have to give these people like a solid, like anime flash J Rock doses one day. Because the people the people need it. I need it. <clears throat> Now, one
0: thing that has happened recently, which despite my love for Fooly Cooly, I have not actually gone and watched, was two sequel series to follow up on Fooly Cooly. We have Fooly Cooly Progressive and we have Fooly Cooly Arts Alternative. And I know nothing about these other than
1: they don't happen to our characters from the first show. Is that right? Yes. Um, well, I think Haruko is in the second one. I think she's in Progressive. But I don't think she's in I alternative. Feel like,
0: I feel like I'm not surprised about Haruko coming back. I think that I'm just surprised that... Well, I think Haruko is in both of them. Yeah. From the posters. Okay. But, like, I don't... I Maybe I need to go back and watch him. But I'm like... How he- how are none of the original characters back? Do we got any any note from them? Any anything? Which I guess if we don't, that's fine too, because the original story came out of nowhere and it left us in nowhere, and fully equally doesn't need an explanation.
1: Yeah, I'm like, I should watch it. I'm I'm probably gonna go watch it. Like now that I've revisited the OG fully equally, I need to see. How these kind of stack up. Um, also, I'm curious about, like, the protagonist of season two. Like, it was kind of like a similar situation. But we're going to see. Uh, yeah, like, because... We need to add this to quarter three. Yes, somewhere along the line. Are we
0: in quarter three?
1: We are in quarter... We're in quarter three yes, right quarter. We need quarter to add three. this to quarter four. Yes. Quarter four... We will see. You'll see. You will hear. Or if you're watching this on yeah, no, you will definitely hear this instead of see this. You'll have to see us hear us. Wow, man. I'm gonna get it straight one of these days. Promise. But you're gonna have to listen to us talk about all the Foolie Coolie in existence. So be prepared for this in part four of the year. Other than that, the
0: OG six episodes from American two thousand and three. I remember incredibly fondly. Staying up, watching Adult Swim, run all six episodes in a row because it only takes an hour, like two and a half hours, to watch the whole show. Yeah. And hating Sunday morning, but equally, I got to watch all of this and have an experience. And going back and watching it today, I had I so back in the day, I had an opinion about, um, I think it was Firestarter. Episode number two.
1: Yeah, because Homegirl's a pyro.
0: Yeah. I had an opinion like that was a low spot, like a lull in the storytelling. But going back and watching it today, I'm like, you know what? It's not as bad as I thought. Not that it was bad, but it was like not on par. Yeah. But no, going back and watching it today with new eyes, I'm like, yo, you were wrong at this point. And all of it is worth Two and a half hours of your time.
1: Now, like I a hundred percent agree. Like going back and watching the OG or the not the, the oh fully coolie in general, um, I noticed that as a kid I really didn't pick up of what the show was saying. Like I said, it's just like or you know even though the director says not saying anything, it just felt like it was still showing you that even if someone like in Naoto's case, like how he wanted one of these relationships that at the end he still realized like when Haruko offered for him to go and he didn't really say anything I felt like that was symbolic of him knowing that I want this but I don't need this like so I feel and that could just be me overanalyzing or projecting myself into this but I definitely did not pick up that undertone as a kid and I see it like a lot more clear nowadays
0: yeah like seeing the struggle for like both seeing exactly what he goes through and watching him grow, but equally he's not grown is kind of the adventure of this show. Yeah. So 100%, go watch Fully Cooly. It's free on adultswim.com. Six episodes, two and a half hours. If you haven't seen it, what are you doing with your life? Go watch it. But we will catch you next week for more anime conversations here on Your Typical Shona Protagonist. Uh, You can catch the show on all of your podcatchers. We're talking Spotify, iTunes, Amazon podcast, which is blowing up. I think we should put it at the head of the list, but I've already memorized this, so we're not gonna. Yes. Also, you can catch us on Twitter at urtsp. That's U-R-T-S-P. Kai, you have a Twitter too.
1: Yes, you can find me at Static Dreads with a C, um, where I will be talking about all things that are things.
0: Also, we have the other show, Content Breaker on all the podcatchers as well. Also at Twitter at Content Breaker 2. We will catch y'all next week here on Your Typical Shona Protagonist.